The Ultimate Universe is back, and so are we. It is time for Pals Pulls. We have three pals. We've got Kale. What's up, hot dogs? Tyler. Dip, 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 dip. Wow. And I'm Sean. Three pals to talk about five of the... Oh, five. How many? Five of the biggest comic book releases in the whole industry. Up front, we have Ultimate Universe number one. I had to get this badass Thor cover. Uh, this is just for in all his glory. Sorry? Is that the one I used for the thumbnail? I think it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it good cover. Is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, we've got Spider-Boy number one. I'm I'm excited yeah. to talk about Spider Boy. I am. Um, Batman, Catwoman, Gotham Wars, Scorched Earth number one. This is the shocking finale of the Gotham War event. We have Supergirl special number one. Hmm. And the listener pick this week. A, a bit of a surprise, I, I do have to say, a bit of a surprise, but it won. Sacrificer, Sacrificer's number four. I can't believe how many burners I had to make to make sure Sacrificer's got it. I was sweating. Are you are you serious? No. Dude, okay, Jeff, it's not. Kelly Thompson, Gur Hero combo. Like, it's <clears> going <throat> to be good. If I, if I had – if I'd known what I was getting into a Spider-Boy, I would have – figured out a way to put Jeff in instead. Instead of Spider-Boy? That's, That's right. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, don't spoil I guess, it. Yeah, we're not there yet. I guess spoilers on how you feel about that book, but <laughs> how do you feel about Ultimate Universe number one, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Stefano Caselli, colors by David Curiel, letters by Joe Carabagna. This is, this is, this is, uh, like, I wish, right, that this was the first ultimate anything we saw at all. This is what I expected to feel like with Ultimate Invasion. Yeah, I can see that. It's less confusing and it's more straightforward. I'll give it that. Even so, I'm not sure how I felt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's do a little bit of table setting so we can dive into this. Okay. So this issue features Iron Lad and Doctor Doom. For those of you who aren't familiar in this Ultimate Universe, Tony Stark is Iron Lad and Reed Richards is Doctor Doom. All right, so with without stretchy powers, it seems right. As far as we're aware, no powers that I can recall. So they they just have the powers you would assume that those characters would have, other than being Reed Richards, right? Exactly. Um, and so essentially, they're on a mission. Uh, they want to get Thor. He's imprisoned in Asgard, apparently for helping Loki kill uh, Odin, which is nuts. Mm -hmm. Um. And they want to get him out. And so they get him out. They get this angry as guardian out. And uh, Sif tags along. Um, there's some bloodshed. There's a, actually a really cool fight in this book. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, bless you. I was around a cat. Goodness. 
<laughs> Sorry. Now you know I feel daily. That's yeah. My, that's oh my, my gosh. Issue, though. Yeah. And me. Right. Um. And uh. Yeah. And there's a really good fight. So that's that's pretty much what we get. And there's actually a a a, a catastrophic event too that happens in this issue. A lot happens in this comic book. I will say I like I like it more than what was the previous thing Ultimate Invasion Invasion, um, just because it's like all right we're in this world I still don't really know what the world is but at least the characters also don't really know what the world is they know it's not what it was supposed to be and they're trying to fix it and there are some there are some really good breadcrumbs throughout this that are interesting um, a lot of. Uh, you know, I think the 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 epilogue. That's the the ending of it, right? Yeah, the epilogue yeah. really kind of sets up some interesting things. Um, but I, but I'm still not 100 percent sold on this. I think Ultimate Invasion was such a, a confusing mess for me that I'm coming in this now almost at a negative than I would have been if I had just not been reading Ultimates entirely. Um. I so I know what you mean. Like I said at the top, I wish this was the first thing that came out because I think a lot of the details that we got explained to us through Ultimate Invasion really could have been flashbacks throughout something else. Um, give us this in info dump form, whatever. But putting that aside, I think the ingredients of what, in my opinion, make a an exciting Jonathan Hickman comic, which is boldness, strong dialogue, good character work, all present, backed up by what I thought was really, really great art as well. I th- This, to me, was freaking fantastic. Inject this in my veins. Caselli draws a fantastic bearded himbo Thor. Uh, yeah. That first mm-hmm. shot of him uh, in like when the portal opens up in the prison, you just see just muscular bearded dude. I was like, oh, okay, all right, that's mm-hmm. a thing. Uh, but Hickman also loves a giant space uh, laser like this. I thought that was the the Orcus uh, forge up in space when he did that. Uh, but but it is nice seeing these two together again since what Secret Warriors is it? Yeah, right. So it, it's been a while seeing these two again. And, and I agree. I think there's some good – Hickman's Thor is underrated as, as the way he writes Thor. I don't think he's really had to gotten a chance to touch that character too often. Underrated but so phenomenal. And the people who read it respect it. Unbelievable stuff. Like mm-hmm. it, talking re- in reference to uh, his Avengers run. Like some of the, some of the Thor and Hyperion stuff in – uh, yeah. That event, I can't recall. Infinity, all phenomenal stuff. I feel like he didn't even touch much of Thor in, the, in his Avengers run, though. It wasn't a ton, but nope. what it was was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, this is not our Thor, right? And that's that's something that I want to clarify. There's two things I want to clarify. The first thing is that this is not the Ultimate Universe that we know. I don't feel like Marvel has done a really good job of getting that across. Yeah. This is this has nothing to do with the OG Ultimate Universe at all. Not a single <clears throat> thing. Yep. So that point. And also, tethered to that point, 
the personalities of the characters are not based on their ultimate counterparts. There is no reason to assume that, for example, when Captain America gets thought out, he's going to be some crazy gun-toting, you know, patriot. That's not a guarantee. This Thor has nothing to do with OG Thor from the Ultimate Universe. Wasn't Ultimate Thor like kind of a, a bit of an environmental hippie? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, completely different. Not like his godliness was questioned. Like it wasn't – there's no yeah. question of yeah, Asgard. Yeah. There's no question of any of that. This feels more like a hardened version of like Straczynski Thor, if anything. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't really feel like modern Marvel comics Thor either, which I enjoy. Yeah. This this was freaking great to me. The the fight with um with uh, Captain Britain that was awesome. I really liked that. I didn't necessarily see it coming, even though we we saw the previews the other day. Um. You know, I, I like that. I like that there are immediately there's immediately real stuff going on. Like characters are interacting. We're seeing interplay that that's going to be relevant. We're seeing the, the the plans that Hickman's characters always have starting to come into play. That terrorist attack they did in this comic book. Come on, did that not evoke 9-11 for you guys? I mean, we live. I live, I live in New York, so yeah. Any yeah. any building going down, but but from what I saw was it wasn't that the buildings were destroyed. There's like no marking of them. They've been just disappeared. Is the way the book described it. Okay, I wasn't crazy, but still, a te- sure, a te- yeah, a terrorist yeah. act that they're blaming on Tony Stark. Sure, yeah. Did you read the ticker tape at all for the names? Yeah, of course. We're yeah. gonna dive into that. Let's let's uh let's keep that for our back end of this sure. conversation. Um I'm I'm really digging the character work. I'm I'm having a lot of fun uncovering who these new iterations are. It it does feel like it's our universe skewed, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it does feel a little new. I'm just a little curious as to where and this, the whole line has been a little confusing in the way they've been announcing it. But is Ultimate a book? Is Ultimate Universe a book? Is there an issue two? Uh, I thought this was a one shot, but I could be mistaken. I, I think on it that. is. That that's that's my issue with it. It's like, all right, yeah. it's a one shot. And the three books they announced were Spider Man, Black Panther, and X Men. X Men, yeah. But so where's this story going? Like, <laughs> where am I reading this? So they they did that prologue of Ultimate Invasion. To do a one to lead into a one shot to lead into three more ongoing series, which seemingly have no real connection to slight threads of a connection. I want to say what's up to Gavin. Gavin, what is up, Gavin Gudry, uh, who is a uh, an artist working for both the big two right now. I'm Ooh, not nice. sure. I'm not sure which projects because we saw a lot of stuff at comic-con and i'm not sure what's announced what's not so i don't want to say anything but it was all really cool and uh gavin's career is going great so check out gavin's work uh what is up to everybody that's watching right now thank you guys for joining us hit the like button if you're enjoying the conversation and uh keep the chat active i'd love to see those green names those channel members you guys rock gavin's been working on and this is i can i googled it so i see it okay Uh, superman 78 Yes, yeah. right, yeah. Doing that, the continuation of the Superman movie universe. Yeah. Uh, with Robert Mendidi awesome. on, on writing, yeah. 
Uh, Kale, you don't seem thrilled with this. I think I need more. Mm-hmm. This feels ephemeral to me. It just like I don't know. It's it's stuff I don't have a connection to. It's stuff I don't, um, you know. And at the moment, it's sort of characters I don't particularly care about. Um. So I think I need more. I think I need more uh, stakes. I need more reason to stick around. I can't. I, I got to say though, like uh, it is. I think Caselli works better on this. I think it's a little more streamlined. It's not as messy as you know drawing everything that Hitch had to do in the invasion stuff. Mm-hmm. Like what, hundred bajillion characters in the background. Well, so I, I think this this would have been great for Hitch. I agree. Yeah, I think the the, the script would be better. Yeah, but um, man, even that even that Doctor Doom or or what? I don't know. Is he just go by Reed? What is he going by Doctor Doom? He called um, him Doom. He did call him. Iron Doom. Lad called him Doom. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's a good costume, and give me that as an action figure. Uh, Yo, it, it harkens back to twenty ninety nine. Everybody in this comic book looks awesome, and you can tell mm. that Caselli had a lot of time to do this one issue. Absolutely. This is like, this is what happens when comic book artists get to just take their time. Um, Caselli's work has almost never looked better. This is phenomenal stuff. There was one point um, of yeah. Caselli's work that I thought I really liked. I really liked was um, uh, Thor is doing one of his, you know, rainbow bridge beams or whatever to transport yeah. people. And then Sif, who is his, pr- his prison guard at the time, jumps in and gets into the, the beam and it transports her. But... That's such like a movie trope that happens, mm-hmm. but it's so kinetic and there's so much movement involved to pull that off that yeah. Caselli somehow does it in a static single panel to pull that off. I guess it's two panels for contact that she's gone, but uh, I thought it was really impressive. Point stands. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just just a, an awesome comic book. This would have been my pick of the week, but something else knocked my socks off. Um, we'll get to that later on. Wait, I, I I really love this. I didn't find this kinetic at all, <laughs> especially especially that moment you just talked about. There was there's almost no kinesis in that. Maybe kinetic is cool, the right word, but I think a it, cool. It, it was a cool way to subvert the trope, like you said, and you know get that information across quickly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I see what you mean. It is more of a snapshots of movement. Yeah, um, that then tells the story correctly, but yeah. Kineticism would be, honestly, when we talk about Spider Boy, there's some kineticism there. But so we have the 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 core uh, problem within the Ultimate Universe kind of revealed in this issue, which is we've got the two sides. We've got Doom, Iron Lad, Thor. Later on, Captain America, Sif. What will likely be the Ultimate Avengers, mm. and their mission is to bring everybody back set things right get spider-man set up as as get peter parker set up as spider-man you know get get everybody set up how they were supposed to because the maker you know moved pieces around as such that a lot of people who should be heroes are not which by the way is just sort of the same thing that uh that doc dr manhattan did in the rebirth era it's the same concept but be that as it may that's what he did. And the other group, the Illuminati of this world, 
if you will, you know, the bad guys, they're trying to not let that happen. They're trying to disrupt uh, what the Ultimate Avengers are doing. Who was that Captain Britain? Are we to believe that's like a, a version of Nick Fury? He's French. Is it Swordsman? Possibly. You know what? Maybe that was revealed in Ultimate Universe, but I don't know, truthfully. There's got that there's I mean Tickman, there's gotta be an info page with his full name. Yeah. It, yeah, that may have been in invasion, but he's one of those Illuminati characters. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the the ending. So there's this this terrorist attack. Um, and this is where if you care about spoilers and you like you haven't gotten to it yet, you're gonna wanna just mute us for a bit or skip ahead. Um, because there's a terrorist attack and there's a ticker that is saying the names of people who are currently missing and potentially dead. Um, and um, they're all almost all of these names are significant in some way. Many of them are like real humans that actually exist. Like one of them is a is a, some big wig at Sony, for example. Um, but a few of them are comic book relevant, notably. Um, Norman Osborn and Emily Osborn, which is obviously the Osborns. Um, and we see one panel shows a monstrous looking person coming out of some some sort of a you know an, uh, a debris situation with green behind him. So we're lead, we're led to believe that's Green Goblin. Um, but then another person that is absent missing is May Parker. Aunt May. So yep. yeah, I actually thought the the interesting one was uh, Alexander Pryor is missing. Yeah, I was gonna bring that one up too, but that's not. We don't actually know if that means anything. But yes, well, that means Havoc finally isn't a simp anymore, and he finally married Madeline. Good. <laughs> uh, so that interests me. Um, so this looks like it is the the um, ultimate version of Swordsman. So. Okay. That's nice to mm. That's nice to know. What do you guys think about these reveals, though? I mean, I think this solidifies that this is, this is a Peter Parker devoid of all the stuff that we previously knew made him Peter Parker. You know, it, it, you know Her uh, Norman's gone. Aunt May's gone. So his biggest antagonist and his biggest support are gone. Norman's gone. What do you mean Norman's gone? Norman was in that list of people. Well, that were we gone. yeah we don't we don't know who that is. But don't you don't think that's Norman Osborn? Oh, that's Black Panther. It looks like a Black that's Panther. Black Panther. To me. Yeah, because yeah. they they were talking. Oh about, my god. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was Norman Osborn. No, Norman's I can definitely gone. see how you would think that for sure. Wow. I, 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 after you said it, I had to take a look, but I I thought it was Black Panther. Okay, I stand corrected. All right, so you're saying that Norman Osborn is out is off the table. Is off the table, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And plus that they were talking about the upper territories of of Africa when they showed that footage of Black Panther. So I think that's okay. We got it. It's Black Panther. I just did. I didn't yeah. know. I thought it was Green Goblin. But so if that's the case, then where do you go? Who's the Who's the guy? That's if not the fun Norman part. Osborn. Yeah, that's Axis. the fun part, I think. What'd you say, Kale? 
Haxes. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Ultimate Paul, yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul, this was great. I just wish we knew the way forward for these storylines. Um, but I really got a kick out of this. I thought this was fantastic. This is probably my pick of the week. Um, not a hard pick of the week, but I think after discussing it, it's my pick of the week. I'm just a big Caselli guy. I can't help it. I gotta say pass. This didn't that's do fair. anything for me. Yeah, that's fair. Hard pass. Oh, is that I don't our know first about time? A, I, I don't know about a hard pass, but a pass. Is that our first time getting a pass, poll, and pick of the week? Probably no, not. Surely not. Okay. Um, did you guys read the uh, the the Ultimate X Men backup little preview? Yeah. Huh. Interesting, not, huh? Not a lot to read there. No, but it just. It's interesting. <laughs> I, like I'm interested in that discussion once that book comes out. That's what that's what I will say about that. I'm very concerned. I I, I really was looking forward to this Ultimate X Men, but I've never seen Peach Momoko's interiors, and I'm not that big a fan of her uh, covers. Interesting. Wow. And yeah, this is not my vibe. I'm gonna give it a chance, of course, but uh, it's armor. You gotta. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Culumbo says, pull, pick, pass, call it the Holy Trinity. That's good. I, I read that in Columbo's voice, by the way, just so you know. Uh, do you think Daredevil exists in this new universe? If so, if he gets a series, I would totally want to see Jed McKay and Pepe Larraz in the book. Wow. Um, too niche. Won't happen. I don't, <laughs> I don't think, I don't, I don't think Daredevil will be getting a series. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think Daredevil, Ultimate Daredevil is a good Ultimate Spider-Man side character. And that's coming from a guy who has a Daredevil tattoo. So, Sure. Yeah. Uh, Gavin says, in the same way the original Ultimate Universe was meant to be the opposite of then-current 616 married older Spidey, I fully expect them to set this new USM up to tell all the stories they can't in 616. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And I think that's smart. This Ultimate Universe just seems like uh, one giant convoluted mess of a vehicle just to be able to do that. <laughs> like the Spider-Man people want, but Mar main Marvel Universe can't do. You could just do an endless amount of alternate universe stories for that. It's another but, Edge but of Spider-Verse yeah, comic. They had that uh, that other Spider-Man book, yeah, like yeah. where they were doing that. We've already gotten it more than once because there's more yeah. than one renew your vows. But you know, people aren't satisfied. I get it. I get it. I just you know we're we're gonna see how they do it now. It's Hickman. Come on, get with the program. It's gonna be good. You know the no, drill. I won't. <laughs> Can't make me. Fair enough. Can't make you do that. But I can, well, I can't make you go to patreon.com slash the comics pals, but I can suggest it uh, heartily and humbly. Uh, we're always, um, you know, putting out stuff over there, material for you guys to enjoy. Uh, I put out a newsletter this week about uh, my love of Batman. We've been bat centric around these parts. We did our countdown top five Batman stories over the last 
few weeks. That was a lot. Uh, you guys seem to really enjoy that. And then we did the live Long Halloween Book Club uh, this week. Speaking of Batman, you see they just added Pattinson's Batman costume to Arkham City randomly? Sick, but yeah, also random. Yeah. It's just weird. How I don't know who's, who's playing that. Get the impression that it was uh, not forever. For no, they, they pulled it. Yeah, they pulled it. That's what I, yeah, that's it's weird. I, I saw that, and then I saw something else that said uh, they took it away, or. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just saying, people, other people might be in the Batman mood, too, because that feels like something bigger, but yeah. Hmm. Um. But yeah, so our Patreon page is uh, is uh, there's a lot going on over there. You get a nickname and shout out on the show. You get an exclusive show over there called Palling Around. Lots of fun to be had uh, over on that side of things. And then, of course, on the YouTube side of things, we've got the channel memberships, uh, youtube.com slash the comics pals. If you're watching us live right now or really, frankly, watching us at any time, you can click the join button that's on this video or on our channel, become a VI pal today. You get uh, snazzy emoji in the chat um, and uh, some timed exclusive videos. We've got some good stuff up there already, and more to come. We've been we've been recording a lot of extra stuff um, for our channel members first. You, so, yes, absolutely. Watch this show live every Thursday at six p.m. Eastern. Watch the main show live every Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. I don't know if you guys saw, but a huge variety article came out uh, questioning the MCU and whether or not they're in trouble. It was a bombshell article that surprised a lot of people, but not me. And we're going to talk about that this Saturday. I'm excited for that, actually. Me too. It kind of confirmed a lot of what you were talking about for the past couple months. So Yeah. Absolutely. We've been on it. We we really have when it comes to the MCU stuff. So, um, yeah, it's always fun to talk about. Let's talk about Spider-Boy, Marvel's newest hero. Newest and best, maybe. We'll, we'll find out. Doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how could you how could you doubt the latest creation of Dan Slott? Uh, with art by Paco Medina, uh, colors by Eric Arseniega, and then uh, there's a secondary story with art by Ty Templeton and colors by D. Kniff and lettered by Joe Caramagna. So I have never read anything with Spider-Boy in it before. This is my first time seeing Spider-Boy. Same. Yeah. And so I don't, I didn't know anything about the character. I didn't know that he doesn't have webs, apparently. Uh, I didn't know that um, he's a monster, mm. but for my lack of knowledge, I actually had a lot of fun with this and I thought this was pretty good. This introduced one of my favorite new villains ever. <laughs> of course. <laughs> There's a guy named Gutterball in this, who is a guy whose head is a bowling ball, indestructible bowling ball. And he has two guns that shoot bowling pins. This book is stupid. This is Dan Slott doing real stupid stuff. <laughs> but it's fun. I had fun with it. That doesn't even talk about the backup character, who is also a, a wacky villain. But Yo, yeah. oh my god. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I thought the backup was a lot of fun. This is like, a, I, read the, I read the backup and I enjoyed it in this book. It yeah. wild. 
I, Marvel was Marvel treated me great this week. Backup? What are you talking about? There was a backup story with Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Oh, that was a backup. I just thought it was a second story. Well, you know, it's you the same. Up. It's the same page length, isn't it? Uh, As the main shorter. story, I don't know. Yeah. So. Is shorter? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I had fun. This. This gives you the essentials of Spider Boy, and it looks like this first arc is sort of going back into his origins, and you know, he's got a villain connected to his past. Um. You know, it gives us the obligatory Spider-Man team up, which is a lot of fun, and we get to see the kid behind the mask, and um. Dan Slott hasn't missed a beat. Honestly. He does the obligatory uh, uh, secret identity name. That's alliteration. Bailey yeah. Briggs. That's a good name. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, Sean. I went into this with no expectations. Not low expectations, but no expectations. And I came out of this being like, you know what? That was kind of a breath of fresh air coming from a Dan Slott book as a breath of fresh air. But um, I thought it was good. Uh, this, uh, this to reading this for the first time presented too many questions for me, admittedly questions that would be answered if I read his first appearance. And so, you know, I can't wholly, uh, dog on it for that, but I just like. There's so much connected to him already that just m- makes me question where he's been, what, you know, where his villains have been. Spider Man already has a stacked New York rogues gallery, right? That's not even counting like Avengers villains. That's not even counting right. Daredevil villains. That's not even counting. The countless others and now spider boy has all new brand new villains that are crazy crazy quilt like what and i i understand the conceit uh you know but i don't know man this just did i'm glad you guys had fun but uh and, and i guess it's i guess it's my turn to bitch about how much we paid for this this week this was 5.99 this was six bucks. Yeah, it was a solid five oh nine for me with my Amazon Prime. But yeah, yeah. oh man, uh, part, I don't know if I got that or not. Part of the enjoyment of reading this book for me was reading it and just thinking, "Man, Kale's gonna hate this." <laughs> Damn, I I was actively reading. It, I'm like, "Yeah, Kale's not gonna like this one." Again, like I mean. <laughs> It's just, it's that, it's, you know, it's that same, it, it feels like m- middle issue stuff, you know? Oh, Dan Slott's doing issue 252 of Spider-Man, and now we've got to uh, get this to the next thing. <sighs> okay. You mean this feels like a filler arc, but it's in its own comic instead? Is that what you're saying? It's, it, it, all due respect, it feels like nothing. To be fair, I don't think this was the plan. I think this was Spider-Boy was originally a creation for his Spider-Man comic. Um, and it sold so damn well that this 
was like, all right, well, we got to do this now. No, they didn't have to. <laughs> and what kills me about that is the selling so well is, I mean, and I say this without like firsthand knowledge, but it's to speculators like that. That 100%. first issue yeah. was that that's all that was. And so you're catering to an audience that doesn't actually exist as it relates to people that want to read your comic book. And again, that's all this is going to be, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect this to go further than six issues, but I think it was it was because of speculators are like, man, I'm not going to miss out on miles again, and they bought right. this. But yeah, um, and you know what? Uh, the arts, the arts, strong. I really enjoyed. You know, Paco's great. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah Paco's a classic Spider-Man guy. Yeah, yeah. I did uh, like the Ty Templeton art in the backup though. I thought that was a little different. It's a little more water watercolory, almost like a colored pencil feel to it. Um, and Forbish Man shows up, like, it's great. The art was okay, but, man, I I have never liked Squirrel Girl at all. I actually, like, abhor that character, but ah, that Squirrel Girl was making me laugh <laughs> in this backup. <laughs> just laughing at the guy why. who can't help it but have a helium voice. Yo, yeah, exactly. She just could not control herself. <laughs> Oh man, she's actually funny, and she's unfazed by everything. Like nothing bothers her. And she beat Galactus. That's why. True. And Thanos, I think. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Um, pull. I had a lot of fun. This was this was enjoyable to me. It's a pull for me. I won't now, follow this. Now this is a hard pass. Oh. Oof, Kale. I there. What's uh, what's here for me? Like Gutterball. First appearance Gutterball. Speculator right here. Oh, great. <laughs> uh Comic Boom says, I shake my head seeing Spider Boy becoming an actual character. Such a pandering action by Marvel. It robs Peter Parker of having a legacy with his own kids in the ultimate universe, in my opinion. Um I I see that. I think look, I think that. Spider-Boy will probably be a character that exists in the margins of, you know, whatever writer decides, oh, I, f I remember there's a Spider-Boy. Yeah. But I don't think this character has legs. And if he does, I'm like, I'm happy that that would be the case. I'm sure Marvel's happy. And if Spider-Man has kids in the Ultimate Universe, that's going to work out too. I'm sure everybody will be fine. But I, I see what you mean. Do you think this is to separate miles from being a sidekick no this is clearly a money thing i don't yeah. think there's anything outside of money in this yeah I, I i truly in my soul believe that yeah i don't know i mean but but like that's classic comic books that's why like spider woman exists you know they're like oh spider-man's doing well let's make spider woman and the book's sold you know right it's it's not the biggest sin in the world i just you know I mean, I see what Kale's saying. Like, if if this is not going to last, and there's not a meaningful statement that's going to be made about Spider Boy, then what's the point? You know, the point is to make money, and and like I said, I had fun. So I guess what does the point have to be at that at that point? Your mileage varies. So, well, um, and at five ninety nine, like, no, that's fair. I'm not buying another issue. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy an a, a runs worth of this. Mm -hmm but I had fun with the one I read. 
Uh, whew. I did not, on the other hand, have fun with Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War, Scorched Earth. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm going to just get the creative team out of the way, and then we can do what we have to do. This was written by Teeny <laughs> Howard and Chip Zdarsky with pencils by Mike Hawthorne and Nicola Sizmeshiza. Sorry if I uh, butchered that. Inks by Mark Morales, Wade Vaughn Grawbadger, and Nicola Sizmeshia. Uh Colors by Arif Prianto and letters by Clinton Cowles. This is the finale of Gotham War. Um, I don't know if you guys had the chance to read the Catwoman issue that preceded this. Um, no. Okay. It's, I guess it it furthers the you know the idea that there's this meteor that's going to be crash landing that has you know this power that you know is somehow tethered to Lazarus. Um, it's what gave Vandal Savage his powers and presumably Raish as well. Um, you didn't miss much, is the point. This issue is everything that I was worried it would be. Um, I think it kills any of the intrigue that this event actually had because it completely ignores and puts pushes aside the more philosophical questions about crime in Gotham and, you know, the way it should be dealt with and all that stuff. And it becomes another villain of the week story. Yeah, I think there was an actual discussion to be had with that, that premise that the prelude issue or zero issue or the hell it was called um kind of posited but uh this was not good <laughs> um it was boring you know like it, it it and i i traditionally like mike hawthorne i thought the art wasn't the best in this i thought it was muddy rough. a lot of it rough ah. especially when you have um um jimenez on, on art for batman right that's that's who was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like those issues looked phenomenal, and then you go to this. It's just this is the exact kind of event book that I don't like. The word weaves in and out like a crossover book. It it dilutes yeah. the main books that I'm actually enjoying, and it tells a no nothing story. There was a bleeding cool article that uh, was was goth gossip from New York Comic Con. And I might not remember it exactly, but it essentially was saying that DC wanted a Batman event that would be, you know, some sort of a crossover. And but they they needed to lead. They needed Gotham to get back to a back to one, basically, because Zdarsky still got his story that he's telling and everything else. So they just came up with a a literally just a story to put here, a stopgap to get. Give them an event, basically. Um, nothing happened. I mean, they teased the idea that Catwoman might have died. She didn't die. They teased the idea that Jason Todd might have died. He didn't die. Nothing happened. The only thing that happened was, like, Jason Todd, I guess, can't be a hero or a vigilante anymore. How long Maybe? is that going to last? Right. Two pages. And Scandal Savage is back, which which I enjoyed. That's the most I enjoyed out of this whole thing was that Scandal's back. But, um, And yeah. Batman's further alienated, which is you could have done any other story arc 
It doesn't matter what it was, and it could have ended that way. Well, yeah, I feel like the more interesting discussion, you know, that was happening around crime in Gotham was enough to drive him further away and alienate him into Zeranar. But what's Two Face got to do with that? Why is Professor Pig on Venom? Like <laughs> that was pretty crazy. I kind of what? Like that. I, actually, I did like that. I did like that too. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say, by the way, on the Two Face bit? Um. So we just read the Long Halloween for our recent live book club, and that is pretty much in the co- in the comic space the definitive you know, Harvey Two-Face story, especially if you combine that with Dark Victory. And it treats the character with such respect, right? And such love. Thank you. And then you get this kind of thing, which has a Two-Face who has two different colored guns with a suit that has two different colors to it or whatever. (laughs) This is, this is, the bastardization of Two-Face. This is a joke. And it's not like a joke like, haha, we're all in on this joke. It's like, no, this character has no value or merit whatsoever. This character is stupid. It's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. And, and I say that loving Tommy Lee Jones. Like, But that's a comedy movie. Yeah. This yeah. is a serious story where these characters are real. There's real stakes here. And this dude's running around with two different colored guns. Did you like Firefly with Mr. Freeze's weapon? Like, and also the idea that uh, Vandal, uh, Vandal Savage raided the Batcave and gave all these weapons and gadgets and gizmos to all the rogues gallery. That should be a big deal that, you know, Somebody that big knows who Bruce Wayne is, you know? But but Wayne Manor. Yeah. Raided the Batcave. Gave away all the trophies, all the uh, Bat memorabilia. Batman just drives away. Off screen, by the way. Off panel. All that stuff done off panel. Yeah, it was... Oh, man. Uh, And the... The ending of this massive fight where Tim just tells everyone how to beat everyone is like I was flabbergasted that that was on the page. Was Black Mask wearing Jason Todd's Battle for the Cal costume? Uh, yeah, what the hell was that? Or was that no, I Flashpoint think, isn't Batman? That, I think that's Flashpoint Batman, yeah. yeah. Like that, that, was, that could be cool. You know, like arming them with Batman's own weapons, but it gets shut shut down real quickly in this. Yeah, because there's no time left. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a mess. This was a disaster, and 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 it sucks because you know it it takes away it it, it diminishes uh, what great work Chip has been doing on Batman. I, I I gotta say, unfortunately, I'm not the biggest fan of Teeny Howard's Catwoman. I have given it a very earnest try. Um, and I've read I've re- I read the first few issues and then I read every issue connected to Gotham War and it's just not it's just not working for me. Um, and uh, I think this series as a whole was lesser for having to intersect with that. And how'd you feel about the uh, the end cliffhanger? 
So, okay. I mean, <laughs> so whatever. spoiler, spoiler is the the cliffhanger is that one of Catwoman's goons that she taught how to be a professional thief, uh, oh, right. breaks into Bruce Wayne's like brownstone that he's currently using, and then apparently there are no security measures there because he just instantly finds out he's Batman. I mean, I saw that and went, "Oh shit!" Like out loud, like verbally, um, but. Realistically, what's gonna come of that? You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't care. I was more intrigued by the the Joker tease, which let's not spoil that. Let's not. Let's leave that. The, the Joker tease is essentially just an editorial uh, asterisk. Sure. <laughs> Even though Bleeding Cool put out an article completely spoiling that, and I, I, I just don't understand why it's shown that. in the Zdarsky run earlier on. We did all get right, a, but but a it's full piece it's of it, yeah. There's no need to put that in the headline of an article for a book that just came out. It's bleeding cool, dude. I know. And I'm yeah. saying I don't think that's cool to do. Um, it's really, really weak of them. But uh, honestly, this this is a pass. I yeah, nothing here for me. I'm very happy to get back to business as usual. Yeah, hard pass again. So- Hard pass on the whole event for me as well. Not even just this issue. Yeah. The the concept itself was interesting enough, but I mean, you could tell pretty quick that it was um it was gonna be a, a punch fest. Yeah. Really a sour, disappointing ending. But we move on. Maybe the Superman family of books has something more to offer uh, with Supergirl special number one, uh, Marika Tamaki, um, Marico, Mariko Tamaki, I'm sorry, with art by Skylar Partridge, uh, colors by Marissa Luis, letters by Becca Carey. So this one was interesting because... We've seen a few Power Girl specials and things like that. And in those, they've addressed her insecurity about her place in the Superman family. And then we get this Supergirl special, which establishes that Power Girl is feeling the same way. Supergirl's feeling. Supergirl, I'm sorry. That Supergirl's feeling the same way. That's the exact issue I had with this, too. It's like, all right. You want to separate these two and be their own characters, but you're giving them the same arc right now. <laughs> well, Superboy uh, was just going through the same thing. And then John Kent, who knows where he is? Uh, he's going through the same thing, isn't he? Yeah, right. So what the super family should do is communicate, actually. <laughs> and so is Connor. Like, everybody's going through the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, which, which, which is not to say, like, I think the Superman section of DC is doing much better work than the Batman section, which is a phrase I never thought I'd say in forever. Um, and I I think the, the content of this book was good, but it was confusing in the context of reading all of this past super, uh, Power Girl stuff. Too many super people. I agree with that, C.W. Gordon. I think, you know, it's cool that they have a Superman family to some degree, but I think it's it's just too many people. 
and I'm starting to lose my interest. Like, you know, I understand that, you know, like even that point, right. Of they're, they're both Kara, right. Okay. There's some sort of multiversal timey reason for that, that I don't necessarily understand, but okay, sure. But here's my problem. This issue was six or five ninety nine. The other one was probably four or five ninety nine, and essentially the same exact thing happens. And the characters come to the same conclusion. I keep buying into these specials, and I keep getting the same point made by different creators. And like the content of this issue wasn't bad. It's not that it was bad by any means. Um, I had fun with it, but I feel like I've read this already. Yeah, in a vacuum, I think this is actually a pretty good book. Um, I think the Skylar Patridge art is very good, honestly. I actually really enjoy the art. Um, but I'm just confused. Like, what? What? why am I reading the same thing that someone else is writing? Like, it feels like the prompt was the same, and then they asked for pitches. That's funny. You know? Uh, just one person yeah. decided it was Power Girl, and one person decided it was Supergirl. Yeah. For what it's worth, I, I I really, really like Tamaki's work. I've been a big fan of Tamaki for a while. Um, she had the, uh, the the She-Hulk run. Or I think it was just called Hulk, actually, at the time. But it was the Gray She-Hulk, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't read that. That was awesome. Her Batman um, was good. Her backup in... Her her Batman. Oh, uh, Batman, okay. Yeah, or was it Detective Comics? It was, I think it might have I think been it was Detective. Detective. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't read it in, in any event. But she's tremendously talented, and I wish she would land somewhere steady. You know, like get a get a run on something a little more high profile. Um, but the and the art's great too. But I just I didn't I didn't find anything to really. This isn't sticky for me. Well, and it's a a special. Like, right? Nothing sticky about it, you know. It, it ends with the end. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting and it's strong on its own. But I think I think you're right that, um, you know, it's the the same as all the other non Superman super people books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I. I'm inclined to say pass, even though I actually enjoyed it. It's not a matter of my enjoying it. It's really just a matter of, you know, do I care that I read this? And truthfully, I don't because I read this already. I don't know or care really what's coming after this. Um, and so I'm not personally invested. But I would I would say pull on quality. But for me personally, it would be a pass. I'm I'm, I'm exactly with you on there. Like, I don't even know. Like, there's no Supergirl, Supergirl book announced, right? Like, I don't think Not there's anything coming knowledge. out. Um, and they probably would have ended this with a tease of that instead of the end, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I do think the quality of this book is good from writing, from, like, the whole team. But read Power Girl instead, you know? <laughs> there's at least a continuous story there. Yeah. With the same kind of idea and tropes. Kel, where are you at? Ah, boy, I'm struggling. I, um, this was almost my pick of the week. But I feel the exact same way you guys do. (laughs) 
I, I, for me, the art really carries this, and that's not to say it's really that, good. Yeah, that's not to say that Tamaki is bad by any means. I, I really enjoyed the story, and I, I actually think I, I liked it better than what happened in Power Girl. But there were some, uh, there were some sort of uh, re- repetitive things like in the book itself like she kept repeating things that made me uh okay yeah i know uh, this space could be used with something else but i i really like the art and i really like this look at kara's dynamic with the super family and her life on krypton like i think that's really interesting and i think it's something you don't get to see very often in Supergirl. Like the fact that she's older than Clark. Yeah. Or, yeah. And that she feels like she's responsible for things she had no control over. I think that's great character work that you never get to see. Um, yeah, I think this is my pick of the week. That's fair. Okay, honestly, like even after, even though I I, I, I pass on this, if they announce a Marco, if they announce this team on a Supergirl book, as like an ongoing or whatever, I'd read it. Yeah, yeah, I would try it. Yeah. See, yeah, C. W. Gordon says, uh, uh, but not everyone can be the outsider of the family, and that's the thing that the Superman family books are struggling with right now when they could really be in very interesting places. Yeah, I want to know who, I want to know who's like the older sibling that has all the stress of having to be the older sibling, you know. Yeah. Truth be told, I am I am beyond checked out on all of that. Because they all look the same. They've got some people have the same names. They wear the same costumes. They've got the same yeah. powers. We've got We've got the guy. We've got the guy's son. We've got the guy's clone. We've got the guy's cousin. We've got the guy's cousin from an alternate dimension. Don't forget the guy's adopted son and the guy's adopted daughter. Right. Well, right. They at least look different. Oh, but they're twins. So, And the and guy's uh, stay-at-home exchange student. And they're aliens oh, from yeah. another planet, but they have the same powers as all the people that are already there. Um, and then you got Steel, who has the same powers as everybody. Well, so, he's black. <laughs> so I'm 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 super familyed out, and I do think that something has to be done about that, especially because they all have the same exact emotional spectrum. Apparently, Comic Boom says Partridge has no backgrounds in her art, and her Krypton looks exactly like Earth. Are we looking at the same Krypton? So I will I will give Comic Boom the fact that. Kara running this this track on Krypton, and it's the same track clothes you'd wear on Earth. I thought that was a little funny. That's funny. Um, but then she drew like fancy little sidelines and stuff. But yeah, I, I I guess I could say there's not like a tremendous amount of effort put into making it look not like Earth, but. I don't know. To be honest with you, while I was reading the book, I was so absorbed in what I was reading that I just didn't I didn't clock that. Um 
like I said, it's not a bad comic book by any stretch. It's, it's a good comic book. Yeah. But I want to talk about the best comic book this week. That is the listener pick. You guys got it right again for my money. We are talking about The Sacrificers number four. Written by Rick Remender with art by Max Fiumara and colors by Dave McGag. Letters provided by Russ Wootman. Uh, I I mean, you guys know, I make no secret. Rick Remender is my guy. And um, this was the issue, I think, if you read this issue and you decide that you love it. This is the this is the this is the crossroads issue. You either realize you love this and you are hooked for the series or you don't like it and you need to stop buying. It's not going to sway you if you don't like it now. This is it. This is Rick Remender's big offering. I two questions. Two questions yeah. here. So are, are POV young characters that all got they got sacrificed? Is that what I'm I'm to believe? They didn't they didn't all get sacrificed, I don't think. Um, okay, fine. Uh, and the second bit, it's not really a question, but it's more like, I don't know how to talk about this book. Okay. Because it's good. But it's the same good the past three issues have been. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I do think it's it's finally the, the issue where, it, where it's like, all right, I know the call to action happens, you know, for the, you know, the hero's journey. Um, call to action happens and our characters actually we see who who our character that we're going to be traveling with for the entirety of the story is that moment happens here um, but it's it's good and I really enjoyed it but I don't know how to, I don't know how I can say much different than what I said for the previous three issues you know because it's the same good that I've read see I I, I actually felt like this issue opens the floodgates and kind of gives you a better picture of what the story is about and what it's trying to say. So, so we've been following these, these characters who are, you know, uh, these firstborn children of families who have to be sacrificed uh, to the, the pantheon, you know, this, this world's gods who keep everything about the world pleasurable and bright and, and great and keep the, the crops coming and everything else. But they need, they need, you know, these sacrifices. And up until this point, there was a question about, you know, what that means. Because sacrifice doesn't necessarily mean the death of the kids. Um, it just means they they're the disconnection of the of them from the family. It could just mean that. And that was a question mark. You know, there was even that sect of people who were like, yo, this is the greatest thing ever. We're so glad that we were chosen because to them, this is the, this is the greatest thing. So we get our answer in this issue. And for me, it was skin crawling. It was diabolical. It was disgusting. It made me think about our real world and it made me really angry. It made me angry. C.W. Gordon says, call to action with only two issues left. Uh, I looked it up. Issue six, the solicitations say that this is the closing of the first chapter 
of this new story. This this, this is, is an ongoing. ongoing. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna yeah, be yeah, definitely further. Ongoing. Yeah. Uh, so I read issue three. Yeah. No, I read issue three. I didn't get to read issue four. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I read uh, I because I knew I'd skipped issue three, and I went, okay, great, I'll read issue three, and um, then I'll I, I must have thought. I'll get issue four in the morning. And I did not get issue four in the morning. <laughs> you got killed. Whoops. <laughs> well, there's good. some blue drink in this. There's some weird Powerade in this. That's a I saw. I saw the making of the blue drink. Fair. Yep. So yeah. uh, issue three, hey, pull. It's a good book. And I, and I think it is, it is Remender dealing with the idea of like, uh, what does the younger generation think of how things are in the world and fighting back against that. Um, it's a lot of, you know, eat the rich in this, which hell yeah. Um, so in a way, in a weird way, it's, it's, it's kind of like Rick Remender's current day dad mode mixed with his punk roots in a way in, in, in a fantasy epic. Um, but yeah, I'm in, I think this is really, really good. This and, is the most I've enjoyed a new Rick Remender series mm-hmm. since Low. Well, I think he does his mm-hmm. best work when it deals with sci-fi. Or like a sci-fi or sci-fantasy in the way this is. Uh, I, I, I just feel like uh, clearly he has something to say, something relevant to say, something that's probably been percolating. And I got to tell you, the Max Fiumara art doesn't hurt. It is... This is a, a stellar looking book. Yeah. It really is. And some of these character designs, the foreman character in this book. Yo, he's cool as hell. Holy shit, that guy looks cool. <laughs> uh let me see if I can uh get a panel for those of you that are watching. He was uh um, the guy that was on the cover of issue three, right? I the cover of issue three that I have, I don't think has him on it, but I could be wrong. Um, there aren't any like tremendous close-up panels that I can think of off the top of my head, but if you're watching live, I've got him up. Um, it's he's kind of hard to describe. He's got a some kind of a a cool-looking mask on with huge horns. Um, I really want to know what happens when that mask comes off. What that mask do? He takes his mask off, and it's just a guy who can only breathe helium, and he talks in a really high-pitched voice. <laughs> <laughs> that would immediately kill this story. Um, he was the guy that was on the cover of issue two, actually. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, I have I have only glowing things to say about this book. This is my pick of the week and uh, one of my favorite issues of the year. Yeah, I haven't read issue four, but I'm enjoying the hell out of the sacrificers. So. And like I really don't want to spoil the exact things that happen here because they are so hideous. And like I said, I had a very visceral reaction that I think you should buy the book and go have for yourself. And then decide if this if this book is for you, you will know through issue four. Guarantee it. This is all just the Alex Jones, Adrena Chrome stuff that the Democrats are doing, right? <laughs> what? I I'm so disconnected from Alex Jones at this point. That's good. That reference good. went over my head. Yeah, yeah. It's for the good. Um. So yeah, pick of the week for me. 
this was close to my pick of the week. Um, just in the way I do pick of the weeks. I think it is... I will give more points to a new book than a book that I'm currently reading. But I think this is a fantastic book. So easy pull. Okay. Yeah. I, di- I didn't even read the issue we're talking about. And it's a pull for me, so... And coming from you, that's a glowing review, I gotta say. Yeah. And that was the that was the listener pick. I think it's funny because um uh you know, a lot of times Marvel and DC books when our listener polls, like, you know, we're putting non-Marvel and DC books in the poll, but they don't really tend to perform that well. And this was a weaker week. And so I think that gave the sacrificers its opportunity. But the truth is that we had a tie up until the moment uh, where we would normally call it. And so I re-put it out on YouTube, re-shared the poll, and I got just enough votes that within the hour, the sacrifice was winning. But if you were to look at the poll right now, it would show a tie again because <laughs> another tie occurred. It just happened after we had already decided the poll was closed. I'm grateful for that because I love Kelly Thompson and I love Guru Hero, but I don't want, and I love Jeff actually, but I don't want to read the the new Jeff comic. I'm sorry. Well, it also goes to show too, like uh, we skipped issue three, and I think issue three was on the the listener poll last time. It was, it was. Poll, yep. yeah, yeah. I I I want to talk about this book badly, but I can't always justify it. You know, just because I love it, um, you know, as a part of the main books. But if you guys vote it, it'll be there. So. Yeah, like DC was only putting out like specials this week, it felt like. It's like one of those. It was like a fifth week, but it was the first. <laughs> right, yeah. Weird. Um, Though I looked at next week, and next week is a jam-packed Jesus. Yeah. Another six-book six week. Uh, No, not Maybe. six books. So I, I actually really wanted Eight to... Eight books, great. <laughs> I really wanted to bring this up earlier, but I forgot, and I'm so annoyed. Um, I was going through the 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 comments section on League of Comic Geeks. Um, very interesting. Why did you do yeah. that? It's very fun. You said, "How did I do it? Why? Oh, why? Uh, I don't don't go through the comment comment section. I, I gotta say, their comments aren't that toxic from what I've seen. No, they're pretty chill. Yeah, actually, I pulled a comment because I thought it was phenomenally funny. Um, and it was related to Ultimate Invasion number one. And it was a comment from Ultimate, Ultimate X- Universe. Ultimate Universe, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Ultimax Variant uh, left a comment that said, <laughs> I am dropping three ongoings so I can afford the Hickman tax. <laughs> Which literally, right, this issue is $6.99, okay? So... That's almost two standard comics, price-wise. Spider-Boy. Spider-Boy is a dollar less. Right, which is shocking. Actually, and DC just did something almost counter to what they're doing with their comics, you know, with it, the announcement of some a new product line this week. But it's, well, it's rough out there, dude. Look at this week of look at this week of books, right? So Ultimate Universe was six ninety nine, Spider Boy five ninety nine, uh, Gotham War Special five ninety nine, Supergirl Special five ninety nine. The cheapest book on the stack today was The Sacrificers at three ninety nine, and that's the indie book. 
you know, it's the image book. Out of fear, I checked to see what God's two is going to be next week, and it and it's it's four ninety nine. In my head, it was like, oh, it's only four ninety nine, and I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> I mean, they're listen, tricking me. They're getting me. I, we we talk, we talked about this because they just released the 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 uh, the best selling books or whatever uh, of the of October. And God's was number five at nine ninety nine, and there were only a couple books that were even lower than four ninety nine. It's just like we breezed past four ninety nine. We didn't even, we didn't even have a little pit stop at four ninety nine. Yeah, it's like the top books are just they're just five ninety nine now. Like that's the way that they these companies want things to go, and then what. What kills me is they're charging us so much more money, right? But then they're not even the creators aren't necessarily getting paid better. We see the Exodus, we see all the yep. creators that are doing their own thing, be it Substack, be it Distillery, be it Ghost Machine. Let me tell you right now, there's a huge reason that they're doing it, and money is a big part. Money is a big part. There's a reason why the sacrificers can be $3.99 and you're getting work from Rick Remender and Max Fiumara. They're exclusive, so you can't get them from Marvel or DC. And they're the ones setting their own price, and it's $3.99. And there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it either. Like like Marvel Unleashed, $4.99. Captain Marvel, $3.99. And then Punisher number one, $5.99. Like what? <laughs> what? I see. I see a logic there. I, I definitely see a logic there. Punisher is a character that people who don't normally read comics bigger book go Punisher. by. Yeah, so Punisher let's 40 rake them over the coals. And also, it's a number one, so that's right. You know, that's uh, speculators. Marvel yeah. Unleashed. Oh my God, people love pets. It's a new pet character that we introduced. Hey, that's a four ninety nine er or whatever. You know what's three ninety nine next week? Superman 78, The Middle Curtain, number one, by uh, Rob Venditti and Gavin Guidry. So, you know. Oh, sick. Yeah, Gavin, looking out for us. Man. Gavin's art is is sick. Yeah, uh, I got for real. Like You guys got to check it out. Um, yeah, the price gouging, what feels like price gouging, is really getting out of hand. And like every time I go to Midtown now, I thought maybe I was – I, I didn't even mention it on the show for weeks because I thought maybe I was like just being paranoid, but they've really, it feels like they shuffle in the, uh, the, the regular covers from the card stocks and make it harder to find this week, this week, right. I was trying to find the standard Supergirl cover, right? Cause, cause it's like, look, I don't necessarily care that much about this book and it's five ninety nine, but I got to get it. I got to do the show. So, I'm trying to find it, but all I see is a wall of the cardstock covers, which are $6.99. Midtown. Marco keeps calling them the Hydra comics, and I... I'd be curious if it's like that anywhere else. Like, that seems like a corpo move, you know what I mean? I don't... I mean, other than, a, yeah, a big... A big chain. Like, I've never heard of another comic shop doing that. That sounds like Midtown realizing that uh, they could just hide them there. So then when people go up to the counter, they're not looking at their 
you know, this the they they see that that number at the end of when all their books are scanned, and that's the that's the hit they take. You know, I've yeah. I've collected comics physically before. I know what that's like. It's like, oh shit, it's forty bucks. Well, I'm not putting something away. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Marowak makes a great point. They should at least give up the ads inside the book. Yeah, I'm fucking paying for, you know, the book. What are the what are the ads doing? You want me to tell you why they won't? Because they're, that would increase the page rate of the creators, and they ain't do not increase the page rate, but the amount of pages they'd have to pay them for, and they ain't mm-hmm. doing that. Where are the ads for like Adidas or uh, you know something Hostess. like that? Like Hostess, sorry, Hostess cupcakes. Yeah, classic. Cup. Why not? Where are those at? Do people not want to buy space and ad space and comics anymore? Why am I seeing ads? For other Marvel and DC comics. It's bizarre. I read digitally, so I don't get the ads, but... Yeah. Uh, do, they not, do they not do ads for x-ray glasses anymore? Is that not a thing? <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm not seeing the books with, with non, non, like, comic book or, like, in-house stuff, but, like, here's an ad. DC Dual Force, okay? That's the new card game that they have. The new, like digital card game oh yeah so okay all right that's reasonable but it's still dc yeah is that any good by the way uh i decided not to play it because i heard that it was really really busted like uh characters were just way too powerful got it you know locked behind paywall but um and he's he's also paying 5.99 for each of his comic books so he can't afford it yeah how could i afford it here's another one uh well this is a comic book this is a comic book ad for justice league versus kong uh, and Godzilla too. Okay, great. I'm glad that exists, but these ads aren't paying your bills. And it's you know? it's the most marketing they'll do for their books. Right. This is like when I used to do Twitch subs for our own channel. Like, yeah. <laughs> but but why uh. Why wouldn't you like this is the one place where I want to see ads like there's only two places I want to see ads. One of them is our YouTube channel and the other is in comics because I want them to get that money. So I need that answer. I got to I got to think of who I can ask that question to who we know that can answer that because I need to know. There has to be a reason. Or there's got to be at least significant data that shows that those ads for internal stuff drives people to those because then it'd be worth it but i mean but the 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 ads are for justice league versus kong and dc dual force right like you think it's the same venn diagram you know or the venn diagram's a circle like if you don't know about that but you're reading the books you should probably know about it well and also just like there are two things that are sort of overall, who cares? Well, my thing, Tyler, to that, to what you just said, is that that's further insulating, you know, comics people. Like, only think about things that we offer. Don't consider anything else. There's a world outside of comics, and I think if that's an avenue for generating income, then why not take it? DC Dual Force is a free game. Yeah, the inverse being that they could be making money off of this. If you're going to do it, make money off of it. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm just, I don't get it. I'm stunned. 
Meanwhile, we're pay- we're paying five ninety nine for a Supergirl yeah. special. Or if you're, or like, use that same money to then put ads elsewhere. Give me a movie theater ad, you know? Yeah. For comic books. A- absolutely, and I hope th- I I I don't even hope it. I'm I'm confident. I expect that James Gunn will do that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm I'm a little optimistic about that. Yeah. Atomic Hound says, "Would you go for an ad-supported version of Marvel Unlimited or DC U Infinite uh, with ads akin to YouTube?" I wouldn't go for it because I have Marvel Unlimited in my house, in the sense that I have a shitload of comics. Um, but I would support that. Like, I think that's a good thing that should exist. Why not? I'm always down for the it, there being an option for it for people. Yes. Like even for you know Hulu or like I have Peacock with ads. Like I watch maybe three minutes of ads at the beginning of a movie, and then I get to watch the whole movie. That's Dude, my piss break, yeah. really. I watched Five Nights at Freddy's. It was so good. Oh really? I didn't like it. I, I watched it too. I watched. Well, it I, I shouldn't say it was so good. Like I enjoyed it. Are you a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's? I am. I know nothing about the FNAF friend, uh, fandom. So okay. So I fe- I feel right as someone who's been in since the ground floor. Oh okay. I feel like you have to be a fan because the movie mm. is fucking dumb, but FNAF is dumb. But if you look past there's a lot the dumb, of lore. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of lore, a lot of things you got to understand. Like when you see Springtrap, do you know who Springtrap is? Is Springtrap the not? No, I saw Balloon Boy. That's who I saw. Okay. Springtrap is the, is the enemy of, in the movie. That's the name of that character. Interesting. The dude that Shaggy was playing. Got it. Okay. So that's Springtrap. And when I saw Springtrap, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, Man, that's freaking Springtrap. This I can't Five Nights at Freddy's discussion is a jump scare for the listeners. <laughs> Dude, I love oh. Five. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally hijacked the conversation. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know about a, uh, uh, a jump scare, but I'm dead. my neck is broken from the end. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. I like, uh, I like some, see some passion. I feel like. Um, I did watch like an Easter eggs video, you know. I watched that, but yeah, yeah, it's, it was it was fun. It wasn't I scary enough. It. No, but they they don't want them to be scary because they're too marketable. Yeah, and that's the second highest grossing video game movie of all time behind Mario. Uh, yeah, it's doing really <laughs> well. So good for them. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> CW Gordon says, "Damn, I did not have Sean being a FNAF fan on my 2023 bingo card." It, I think that if you if you listen long enough or you hang around me in real life, you'll probably find that there's a lot of things you could say that about as it relates to me. The that view. is the truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, we were talking about the price of comics way too high, and I support an ad version of Marvel Unlimited or any of the equivalents, and I support ads in comics because if that can earn uh, earn everybody involved more money then that just makes sense more dollars more sense but it would be nice to see that money that was earned be distributed to people who actually care about yes it would i mean it look there's a difference between saying to me okay this comic is 6.99 right but you say 50% of that or 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 sixty percent, whatever percentage, whatever nice percentage is going directly to the creators, so that they're making money based on the quality of their individual efforts. And me buying this book 
is directly supporting that effort, I'd come on here a lot less and complain about the price of comics. This issue yeah. of Ultimate, Uni- Ultimate Universe number one was so good that by the time I finished it, I looked at the price and I said, you know what? I'm cool with that because I was riveted. But the money doesn't go to them. It's not even yeah. going to marketing for the books either. No, it's going to rent that fucking fancy-ass building in L.A. Yeah. So, very uh, very frustrating, the price of comics. But we're in it together. We're in it together. We're this not. We're not? Well. <laughs> Come on, Kale. We have to support the industry we love, you know? I Listen, I see more $10 comics. I'll burn this industry down. <laughs> Y'all it's, laugh. Keep trying. Keep trying me. You're going to turn into the Joker? That's my secret, Cap. I'm already crazy. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, Kale's crazy, and we're out of time. Thank you guys so much for watching. You guys are wonderful. If you want to support the show, uh, patreon.com slash pals is the best way to do that. If you enjoy what we do here and you want us to uh, be able to continue and do more stuff, um, showing your support really, really goes a long way. We've had quite a few people join us this month on Patreon, and uh, we're very, very thankful for that. You guys are phenomenal. And, of course, our channel members who, you know, we just launched it. It's a new a new thing for us, and we're, you know, we're we're building up our library of videos over there um and emojis and everything else but for those of you who have joined us early um really really appreciate the show of support it means the world and i'd say if you are a youtube member uh give us some feedback let us know if you have topics you want to hear us talk about you know um i think we're always taking any kind of feedback you can give us yeah Yeah. oh yeah we're some feedback loving dudes um yeah, so watch this show live every single Thursday at 6 p.m. on youtube.com slash the comics pals. Uh, you can watch the main show every Saturday at 10 15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be talking about that variety article that dropped um, about the MCU and whether or not they're in trouble. And there is so much to unpack in that article. So we're going to have a huge main topic this week. If you watch us live, you're definitely gonna want to be there for the first few minutes. It's gonna be it's gonna be big. So is the soapbox ready, shined up and ready? You know it. Okay. You know it. Uh watch the long Halloween book club. It was a lot of fun. We were live for that. We took listener comments at the end. We had a great conversation. I think it was one of the best book clubs we've ever done. Give us the feedback on that too. If you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, let us know. And then if you want to vote in the next book club, uh, you'll be able to do that tomorrow on patreon.com slash the comics pals. So lots of fun stuff happening in our neck of the woods. Thank you guys so much for joining us for pals pulls. We will see you in the next one until next time. Take care guys. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>